1: We live in an increasingly mobile society, with many of us owning cars and driving around the place for all kinds of reasons – work, leisure or visiting family, perhaps. And this doesn't change as we get older, particularly if we all have to keep working much later in life. But what does change is our ability to drive safely. But although there might be a perception that older drivers are less safe on the roads than younger ones – This isn't actually true, as I found out when I spoke to Swansea University researcher Charles Musselwhite. I started by asking him why old people need to be out on the roads in the first place.
0: We've got a group of older people more than ever before fit and healthy, you know, compared to previous generations. So therefore, they're much more likely to be doing things. They want to get out and about and take part in society. But we've also created a society now, which is what we call a hyper mobile society geared around the car. We're much more likely to have friends and family, dispersed communities that we want to connect to throughout our life course that live in different areas, different places. And services and shops are more likely to move away from sort of village centres, town centres to to, to bigger agglomerations the age of cities, things like that, much more geared around the car. So there's a need to be mobile and a need to use the car more than than ever before.
1: Are there any examples of how older people and younger people are different that might affect their driving?
0: Older drivers particularly, you know, we're all doing this when we're ageing, you have changes in your cognition, physiology that are going to affect your driving. Not everybody goes through it in the same kind of process, but the research suggests, for example, in terms of eyesight particularly, recovering from glare from a low sun or a vehicle dazzling you from the other direction that can change from perhaps having two seconds of of having to compensate for that and having what's called a whiteout where you can't see anything to as much as being nine seconds for somebody over the age of 65 so between 30 and 65 years it it goes up about seven seconds imagine traveling at 30 miles an hour if not 40 or 60 miles an hour that's a long time and quite a lot of the road not to see um, not all older people will go through that exactly the same, but that, that that can be a particular issue. The other one to note, of course, is older people having poorer reaction times. Somebody over the age of 65 can be on average about 22 times slower than somebody under the age of 30 in terms of their reaction. That's uh, a mixture of cognition, but also having more stiff muscles and, and things like that. And, of course, what happens is, you'd imagine, that would make them extremely dangerous and and, and problematic. (laughs) That doesn't sound good good to me. No, not good at all. Um, But what we find is that older people, especially when they're aware of those kind of things, can compensate for them. So they drive a lot slower. um, They leave a lot more room to the vehicle in front. They only go out at certain times of the day where there isn't a low sun, for example, or they don't like going out at night. Always they'll choose times of day where it's not particularly busy. They'll choose roads that they feel comfortable on. And that compensation can go a lot long long way to improve the effect from those biological physiological changes which you know is quite staggering really but my concern would be that what happens when people don't reflect on their driving behavior it's a very automated process that we all do every day you don't reflect don't think about it you just do it so suddenly you you can have these things happening and you haven't noticed them they're gradual throughout your lifetime so you don't always notice them happening until they happen And also what happens when our our demands on us change? You know, what happens if we're all going to have to be working until we're 85 or 90, which might be the case? Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Frightening, isn't it? Um, Yeah, what happens when we we all have to work much later on in life and and, uh, we can't pick and choose the times we want to drive and we're much more having to, you know, drive to to a timetable rather than our own chosen times and and destinations, that these things might become more problematic.
1: And there may be a perception that, older people in cars are less safe. I think I have this terribly, (laughs) terribly stereotyped perception of, you know, doddering old chap or woman you know with the curlers or the flat cap doddering around but that's not the case what are the risks of older drivers though
0: you're exactly right that that is the sort of stereotype that we have and, and if you look at the stats there, there is a slight increase particularly from about at the age of 85 in uh, recorded statistics for those who, who've been injured or killed in in road collisions but we think that's mainly due to to frailty or fragility much more likely to be a statistic uh, in later life because you, you're more likely to be injured we don't think that older drivers as a cohort are particularly any dangerous than than middle-aged drivers and particularly that they're probably safer than young drivers particularly young male drivers but they do have a different accident or collision typology and Um, one of the things that comes out majorly is is collisions in turning right across traffic in in the UK and um, left in other countries of course but when you turn across the traffic you're you're much more likely to take into account all the cognitive things like uh, how fast other vehicles are coming can I make that an acceptable gap so there's a lot of things going on there and what we did also was was try and model that on a a very basic simulator and compare um, younger drivers to older drivers and when they would accept to turn right in a sort of traffic based situation older drivers don't make errors if they have all the time in the world to to make those judgments so older drivers take longer to turn right and make the correct decision say 15 seconds in our study compared to younger people who took about between 5 and 10 uh, seconds uh, in a second condition we put them under a time pressure albeit we said it was they've got to make a decision within 15 seconds which you know it was the average from the first time and they're much more likely therefore to, to make a mistake in the second condition much more likely to, to knock into other cars coming the other way so there's something about that pressure or perceived pressure that so they should...
1: may be feeling someone behind them going get on with yes. it even <laughs> exactly. if that's not actually the case yeah
0: exactly exactly um, yeah and they, they talk about that you know i do some on-road interviews with older people in my research. And, um, yeah, that's exactly what they talk about. They talk about feeling pressurised from other drivers. They say they only need to see, you know, this chap said to me the other day, you only need to see the bald head or the flat cap and they're right up behind you. And So there's a feeling of a little bit of being vulnerable on the road, I suppose, and, and feeling a bit pressurised into, into things that they would rather take a little bit longer about.
1: In this country and, and many other countries as well, if you're a learner driver or if you've just qualified, you get a special plate on the back of your car. You have an L plate or a P plate if you've just qualified and you give people a, a bit more leeway. You understand they might be stalling or have bad clutch control or something. Would it help then to have an OAP plate?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what a plate would look like for older people. Definitely. Um, interestingly you know there's been some research recently and i've asked a, f- a few older people whether they would accept that or not and actually quite a few people would quite like to have that you know i think it reduces that feeling of vulnerability a bit some people or the majority of people don't want it particularly men don't want it uh,
1: i'm not old yeah, yeah exactly
0: <laughs> exactly but yeah there, there might be room for that i mean nobody thought younger drivers would have a p plate until uh, you know it's introduced at a voluntary level and actually quite a few people would take it up and then amongst some groups you know it's a sort of badge of honor you know that I've managed to pass my test and here I am in my first year yeah it might be worth exploring definitely
1: what are some of the other things that might help to to make the road safer I mean not just for for older people but for all of us for example maybe testing older people giving them driving tests again and again
0: yeah well, I've had a look at the number of studies done over the last 10 years or so looking at countries that have more stringent testing compared to those that don't and what you find is uh, no significant difference in, in uh, collision rates amongst older people or the general population afterwards between those that have more stringent testing and those don't. For example there's um, in Australia for example you have Victoria where there's no age controls, New South Wales where there's a medical assessment from 80 years onwards and an actual practical on-road assessment at 85, no difference between Between the two states in numbers of collisions or collision uh, typologies and uh, also say in Australia again Sydney no uh, where there is a mandatory practical assessment it was when the study was done it was 80 years I think it's 85 now Uh, compared to Melbourne where there's no age based controls and no difference at all apart from actually uh pedestrian accidents go up in the groups that have had to give up driving so there's something actually that pushes people out of their car and into the pedestrian environment that then reveals the pedestrian environment isn't a very safe place for older people to be as well
1: are there technical technological solutions practical solutions that would make the road safer for older people also as pedestrians as well as drivers
0: uh, you know a road needs to cater particularly in, in a local area for, for all those different users so for, for, for pedestrians for car drivers and that becomes a real challenge because you've got a bunch of people with really differing needs different levels of vulnerability different ability in in terms of control and, and, and reflection on what they're doing so how do you build that all in together quite often all Older people's charities and things call for uh, roads that are wider, for older drivers to drive on that are perhaps more self-explaining. They have um, better lights, they have better symbols, better signs, white lines down the middle. And, of course, older people quite like that. They end up driving much more safer, but younger drivers end up driving more recklessly because the road's more simply to navigate, and therefore you add to the problem of the pressure of the person behind again. Because the typology suggests people have more difficulties turning right in later life, cross traffic then putting in signalised intersections for people to go only when it turns green really could help. And it does, you know, people at older age don't have any more difficulty at a signalised junction. But you can't put those in everywhere again, particularly if you're, you know, thinking of sharing the road with cyclists and pedestrians, always it's, it's not appropriate. So it does end up being quite a challenge as to know what, what to do.
1: One of the big hot topics in technology is driverless cars. I and mean, maybe they're not coming in in the next five years, but maybe by the time... I'm in my 60s or 70s. Could I just hop into a driverless car and that will take me wherever I want to go?
0: Yeah, we've had we had the promise of driverless cars for sort of a number of years, actually, and that's accelerated perhaps in the last sort of five five years or so. But I used to show my students a video from just after the war of, of driverless vehicles. The technology's been around for years and of course it's refined and got better. But what we need to do is address more of the sort of socio-technical side of it and the, the ethical considerations around it, as well as the liability issues. And they're going to, take quite a long time I think to iron out before we come to a solution where all the cars are automated and maybe it'll be a process where more and more bits of cars get automated or certain roads will be automated vehicles motorways in this country would be an example um, where that would be easy to do but again sharing with pedestrians sharing with cyclists it's going to be more challenging not because the technology can't do it but if there was incidents or issues then liability and uh, ethical issues, you know, become become a big thing and need to be sorted out. I'm not sure that's going to happen any day soon, but uh, you know, it, it, there's no reason why it can't can't happen eventually. And one of the issues of course with driverless technology at the moment is that you'd have to be ready to take the vehicle back over if the automation failed or in a difficult situation. And we know from research, you know, you go from underload to overload situations, that's a particularly cognitive challenging situation to do. And again, uh, the the cognitive changes that happen as we age, it becomes more of a difficult thing to do in later life. So if you're driving and suddenly have to take over for some reason or some issue, um, that's going to be a big challenge for, for, for particularly for older people to to do. Again, I'm not sure it's one that can't be sorted out, but it's going to need you know uh, a lot of research and a lot of, a lot of money put into to getting that right.
1: What are the risks of not driving? If you say to older people, okay, you can't drive, we're taking your license away, mm. get out the car, step away.
0: Yeah I mean that's a, I think it's the the sad indictment of our society that people are so wedded to to their vehicles and their cars like you said you, you've created a society around the car it becomes the necessity to do so we're getting fewer and fewer buses particularly in rural areas community transport picks up some of that but perhaps doesn't do it all um there's some stigma associated with using community transport so you know we get older people who, in their 80s or 90s saying that's for old people not for me you know and or for disabled people and i you know i can move just a bit slowly so you just can't drive as well so um And it's a real indictment of our society that we can't walk and and cycle more often. Other countries in the continent, Holland, Denmark, much have higher cycling rates over the age of 65. Um, But we need to think about infrastructure changes for that to happen, changes in mindset, because at the moment when people give up driving, they're much more likely to to end up feeling depressed. Uh, It's related to loneliness, isolation, also related to physical health problems and issues. And even one study says it's related to increasing mortality, brings about death much more quickly so we need to do something which gets people thinking about using different modes of transport perhaps a lot earlier on in life and and trying to lobby for change so that we're not wedded so much to our cars Um, so therefore you know retirement could be a nice you know walk down the street and, and possibly even a cycle to the seaside or something like that rather than being stuck in
1: our cars all the time. Swansea University's Charles Musselwhite speaking to me at the British Science Festival also in Swansea.